Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with a syllabod about a concept that I've been thinking about a lot, and there's something that I think that a lot of law firms, especially smaller ones, don't really understand in a way that enables them for growth, and that is the concept of profit. So, there's a lot of people that talk about this stuff specifically. Uh, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Mike Michalowicz, but uh, yeah, there's different ways that you can really t- think about these things. And there's really more flexibility than a lot of people realize. Um, obviously, you're not going to be super flexible with how you uh, do your taxes. Like There could be some pretty severe consequences for that, obviously. But uh, you do have flexibility in how you consider where these things are at for things like investing and growing your firm. And ultimately, The way that I like to think about things like financial controls within my business and how I recommend our clients think about things in their business is in a way that allows them to scale efficiently without getting themselves overextended or uh, alternately not making investments that could lead to a very easy win. So like I said, profit is one of these things that I think a lot of firms that stay small think about differently from firms that think larger. And I want to actually use something to illustrate this concept of fixed versus variable costs in a metaphor that everyone uh, will have probably encountered in the last, you know, whatever. So look, I'll I'll spoil it. We're talking about restaurants here, right, folks? So um, one of the things that, uh, you know, people who invest, well, I don't know. It's just basically if you have a situation, I think probably the most common thing that you'll hear is people who hit a big in business and then started a restaurant and lose a bunch of money. Or you might have heard that restaurants overall have one of the lowest rates of profit or return on capital of you know, any type of business you can start. And these are all true things. But the truth is that there are exceptions for this. And there are restaurants that are massively profitable that make a lot of their owners extremely wealthy. And What ends up determining this, I think it's a really, really good example of this concept of fixed versus variable costs. So basically, when we're thinking about a restaurant, we have two major types of expenses that can go into it. So if we want to think about a successful restaurant versus an unsuccessful restaurant, and we're going to run some numbers after this just to kind of bring everything into into perspective, we've got kind of two basic things that are going to be the same. So uh, the major differences. It's like, so a successful restaurant and an unsuccessful restaurant both have to pay for the following things. Um, You need to pay rent for your location. You have to pay wages for your staff. Um, Doesn't matter if, you know, you have one table that comes in that night or 500 tables that come in through that night. You're going to have to have hostess. You're going to have to have people in the kitchen. You're going to have to have people working the front and bussing tables and all that stuff too. Um, And then you have to take care of your utilities, right? So those are going to be fixed, whether the, the restaurant has a line around the corner or there's cobwebs growing over the you know, reservation phone, uh, you have to pay those things or go. So that's what I kind of consider a fixed cost. Now, the biggest variable cost when it comes to restaurants, and you know, hopefully if they took the time to set up things well, is you have food and booze that you can sell at a hopefully very high margin, right? So again, this thing will differ 
probably two to five X depending on the type of food and you know how they decide to do their pricing and all that things. But that's basically the big variable cost. So the restaurant that's crushing it is going to have a lot higher variable costs, but the fixed costs aren't going to actually change that much. And again, um, and I'm building an overly simplified model right now, but we'll get into how those things can change a little bit more towards the end. So basically I want to kind of run through some of these examples and, you know, keeping some pretty basic assumptions, uh, see how one restaurant can be much more profitable than another, right? So if we're assuming a four to one markup on food and we're, and you know, I'll throw, uh, booze in there as well uh and again if you guys know anything about running restaurants it's the booze and the dessert and the coffee is usually where people make a lot of their money but overall we'll blend it in and say it's a four to one markup and the cost for rent and basic staff and all the things about fifteen thousand dollars right so we can have restaurant one that's selling five thousand dollars cost of goods sold for twenty thousand dollars in total profit their fixed costs are going to be fifteen thousand dollars, and their variable costs are five thousand. So we have a restaurant that's making twenty thousand dollars and spending twenty thousand dollars, break even. Not a super fun restaurant to own. <laughs> now we have restaurant two that is going to do double the volume. So they're going to end up selling ten thousand dollars of food for forty thousand dollars, and they're going to have the same fixed cost base. So it's still those fifteen thousand dollars. So now we have a uh, situation where the restaurant's profiting $15,000 when the only thing that really increased is the variable cost, right? So what ended up happening, if you want to break this down into, and again, they call it uh, variable or marginal cost for a reason, the next $5,000 in marginal cost that they made was a four to one return that made them an additional $20,000. And yes, it did eat into their their bottom line as well because that was a cost, but it was a very, very well-invested cost, right? So, and again, uh, when we see the, the the absolute knockout successes, you know, um, I was in New York for a while, so you have some of these, you know, super popular, you know, obviously like the Michelin star restaurants and the pizza shops that just, you know, Joe's Pizza in West Village, lying around the corner. Those guys are firing pies out all day, right? Um, those guys are great. You're, their costs are super low. It's pizza, it's it's flour, it's 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 sauce and all that stuff. But these guys are turning over stuff and they're, you know, minting cash basically versus, you know, other pizza shops aren't doing as well, right? Um, those crazy things are when the variable costs end up going really, really high. But again, a lot of these places are paying the same rent. Um, they're not paying much more for the pizza chefs or the the waiters. As a matter of fact, in the restaurant world, a lot of the times you can get people work for less if they're associated with working with a more prestigious uh, name in the end of the day. But again, that's, you know, we're not going to $15,000 per month. That's what we're getting. You know, the turnover is crazy. And it's basically, you know, their their fixed costs are, are a drop in the bucket compared to what they're making in this situation. So anyways, that's an example of stuff in a restaurant context but let's shift it to, uh, this isn't called the uh, Restaurant Growth Podcast. It's called the Law Firm Growth Podcast. So let's, let's switch things over to the law firm, right? So uh, similarly, and you know, we can kind of think about a lot of these things are portable, right? So you've got your rent, you've got your office rent, you've got your personal living expenses if you're a solo, right? Um, that's not really a variable expense. Um, in general, the service that we're gonna be marking up is going to be either billable hours or the cost to produce a package of your employees, right? Um, and some some decent, you guys can think back, if you've ever worked in big law, 
the amount of money that you were making hourly versus the amount of money that the firm was billing out hourly. Uh, generally, those are going to land around a three to one, um, sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, I know uh, I've been recommended to mark up any service business three to one. Uh, we don't bill hourly, but that's something that has been good. And there's another um, great example. If you guys listen to last week's podcast on Jacqueline Foster, you know, if you're doing something that's going to be paralegal work or you have a fixed cost for that, you can easily mark that three to one, right? But again, uh, no fixed investment, right? If you've got uh, 40 billable hours per week and you're billing 15, uh, granted, you know, you could, you know, there's obviously stuff that you have to do to run the firm, but a lot of the times too, like those 15 hours per week that you could probably comfortably end up billing is a deadweight loss. But the issue is basically, we have, we have to think about these these deadweight losses as far as where your current level of the firm is, but also what it would potentially take to get those those variable costs. So similarly, we have the situation and look, we talk to people about their numbers all the time, prospects coming into the program, that kind of stuff too. There's a lot of firms that are operating damn near close to that restaurant number one. You know, they have their expenses, um, they're keeping their bills paid. Uh, and they're making enough to keep the lights on, but it's not anything to write home about. It's certainly not something that they could retire on or would be like an attractive business to sell. And the issue is a lot of the times people are calculating their profit based on that total, right? So if you could imagine restaurant one projecting out, well, hey, look, if I was making $20,000 and I doubled it, I'm not making any money. So I'll just be doing twice as much work to make no money. When in reality, the profit actually comes from that little extra push right there. So a lot of the times people avoid making investments because they're like, I'm not profitable yet. I have to get profitable first before I can do that. Um, and then that's actually what's preventing them from getting those variable expenses that end up being marked up at a high value, right? So in reality, doubling could make a lot of profit and tripling and quadrupling could have these convex you know, layers of return on this kind of stuff too but people aren't seeing it because they're thinking about profit as the total. So one of the things I'd really wanna to try to keep in mind is what capacity is and what costs are fixed versus what costs are variable. Um, going back to that example, right? I think one of these situations is, and this is why I, I had a, a lot of fun talking about that podcast with Jacqueline Foster, uh, getting stuff that's part-time is a fantastic way to add capacity, right? Um, let's say 15 is all you can do for whatever reason in terms of your own billable hours and there's work that you're turning away. Getting somebody that you can mark up for three to one is essentially free money. If you already have the referral base that's coming in there, that's great. Um, similarly, if you have the situation, like one of the best, and, and this is kind of something not to get into too much of a, of a discussion on this, but if we're thinking about marketing, there's marketing that's fixed costs and there's, mar there's marketing that's variable costs. Um, you know, if you have uh, a big SEO campaign, right, um, that's often something that's going to end up being a fixed cost that ends up paying hugely over time when it ends up kicking in, right? Because you might have your inbound calls starting somewhere like 20 a month and then it goes up to 100 or 150 per month. Um, but that's a fixed cost. You got to keep that machine running. So that's probably closer to your rent bill or something like that than something else. But there's other things that are variable costs, right? So if you have the situation where you're able to make hay out of you know, no low leads, or you have somebody who's got a decent AdWords budget and you know what you can reasonably expect from that, then you can build that into your expectation. And obviously it makes sense to take the totality of what ends up happening into that. But you know, let's say that you have a situation where you've got a campaign that pays out five to one 
and its capacity that you're already paying for, right? So no variable cost except for the ads they're bringing in. You get a dollar that's coming in from every five. But um, a lot of the times people don't think to look for those because they're thinking about profitability as a total. So um, basically, I think a lot of people don't talk about this stuff um, a lot of times the situation, and look, if you, if you looked at any failing restaurant across the country, a lot of people don't consider that it could be the other way. Um, this stat's been rattling around in my head since it came up on a upcoming podcast guest, but we've got 55% of attorneys in the country that are operating as solo practices. And I'm sure not all of them are hundred percent deliberate. Again, all power to you. If you want to have a lean solo practice and that's what you want to go to. But if you're stuck in a position where you're breaking even, um, and again, the longer people stay in this place, the more of a rut it becomes, um, you need to think about things differently in order to see the options that can get you out of it, right? And I just wanted to introduce this concept. If you haven't heard of it before, again, this is stuff that gets covered in you know basic accounting classes all over the world. But again, it's like the, the applications of this are kind of different when you bring it into a real business. So I want you to think about these things too. Are you stuck in something that you're considering the totality and you might want to slice it a little bit thinner? Um, what are the things that are going to be expenses that you have to pay every month, no matter what, where are your levers, where you could potentially make a big markup. And, you know, one of the greatest things about legal as a vertical is these are high ticket services, folks. You guys can make a margin and nobody has any problem on that. It's not competitive as some other industries in the same way. Uh, and you guys have this nice little walled garden where you can make crazy profits on. So, um, but uh, we're not going to see the opportunity to make those profits unless we have our eyes open and we're considering options that we have. So with that in mind, uh, take some time, uh, meditate, journal, talk to your spiritual advisor, pastor, rabbi, whatever about these things. Um, and if you got some cool stuff, uh, take that leap. You know, there's the, the people that are at the top, think about things a little bit more closer to this than they do in the totality. So always keep in mind, is your financial model serving this, the goal of growing your firm, or is it serving as an excuse to stay where you are? Thank you for listening to the law firm growth podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.